Hi, friend, and I do consider you a friend. This is Craig Rowan, the host of It's That Episode. Before we get to the show, a quick um, request. If you're a fan of the show, It's That Episode, the podcast you're listening to this very second, why not go on iTunes and leave a quick review? It don't hurt none. It helps some. You know, so if you're a fan of the podcast, I'd really appreciate it because you're a good person. And uh, even if you hate the show, if you hate the show, leave a comment because I would love to know why you hate me. Why do you hate me? Also, this episode of It's That Episode podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rohn for a free audio book. All right, let's get to the episode. Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show they choose. We watch it, we talk about it, and we talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, I'm very excited. Our guest is Nick Turner, who you might know from Best Week Ever. Welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming here. Every episode that I record now, I sort of have to say that it's uh, a little hot in the apartment. Yeah. Um, I am at one quarter funny when it's hot. But I'm so funny. So you're still, like, top funny. It's still worth podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm podcast funny. I'm much, much more argumentative when it's hot. Sure, sure. So we're going to get argumentative. <laughs> the episodes are way more combative in the winter. Why did you bring me this kid's show? What do you remember from when you were a child? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I'm excited to watch what we're watching because I've heard of the show, and I did a little research on it, and it sounds interesting. So why don't you tell a little bit about what you chose and why? Sure. It's coupling. Uh, it started in 2000. Um, it's a British show. It ran for a few seasons. It is... You know, I guess their response to friends, it's, you know, six six people, and except anything that doesn't deal with sex is out of the show. That all happens off camera. Everything have, has to have something to do with sex. So, like, in Friends, where everything is uh, avoid sex, this uh, hits it straight on. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's less uh, worrying about what the American audience is going to think. But less about Joey Tribbiani's auditions. <laughs> if only there was an actor in this. No, they all have actual jobs. Even the silly people. This show, like, works because, like, even the silly character has, like, he still has to go to an office in the morning. Like, it's still real. Like, they have real lives. Yeah. And this uh, show is created, I think, by a guy named Stephen Moffat, yes, who just did the uh, the new Sherlock. So I'm sure this will be some good writing. Yes. And how did you get introduced to the show? Uh, my friend, um, I was. It was you know probably 2003 or something. 2000, 2000, 2003, and I didn't have cable. And my friend taped a bunch of episodes uh, for me. And uh, it was. It was this and it was another show. And so after every episode, I would have to fast forward through the other show. And then after I'd watched it a bunch, she's like, yeah, you should watch the other show, too. It was The Office. Which <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is this boring office? Because I'd watched a little of it. I was like, Ugh, fast forward. i got to get some more coupling. The show that's really going to take the world by storm. It's going to be in America. It's going to be a huge hit. Finally, of those people who were in it, which I wish I could name one of them. Uh, but uh, so anyway, and then... Uh, 
So I watched it a bunch on that. So he gave you VHS. VHSs of him recording off of BBC America. So for listeners who weren't around in 2003, what a VHS is, it was before uh, data discs, it was before DVDs, it was before MP3 files, AVI files, MOV files. I didn't even have a computer. It wasn't weird that I didn't have a computer. Like, Yeah, totally. You know, just to be like a single broke guy without a computer is not that big a deal. Like now, you, homeless people are, are like plugged in. Now you'd be a pariah and people would be like... But why is Nick refusing to use a computer? Yeah. Like, you could use as an excuse, I don't really check my email that much. Oh, yeah. Totally. That was a thing. Uh, now, uh, in, when I was in college, uh, we didn't use cell phones. I sound like an old man. <laughs> we used the room phones, and we'd actually use voicemail ma- messages, which I can't... I, nobody uses voicemail anymore. It's all texts. Leaving a voicemail is so annoying. Yeah. It's so obnoxious. It makes me feel like I've, I'm in trouble. Also, people don't even really listen to them a lot. Yeah. Guys, but we just need to... Let's take a step back we need to slow down we need to get away from technology and just calm ourselves <laughs> guys we just need to slow down plug a fan in exactly no ac <laughs> so now this show what was the episode that you picked um this episode that i picked is called the girl with two breasts mm-hmm. and of course i did not know that until i looked it up for your show so we're ruling out that it's about a woman with mastectomy <laughs> yes yes it is just you are not gonna do a double take at first glance with this woman's breasts uh but I remember it because so much of it happens in different languages. Uh, and it takes like a long time for the payoff. But when it comes, you know, it's just like, you know, it's still like a sitcom at the end of the day. But there's just like moments when it's like you just you could just tell the people that are writing it are smarter than you. Yeah, actually, I read about this on Wikipedia, I think. And uh, a lot of the episode is in Hebrew, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's in Hebrew and it's in Italian. Which I'm interested to see how they did that. And most of it's still in English, but large chunks of it are. But this is a sitcom and it is in front of a live studio audience. In America, I don't think that this would that would be as likely of a thing. The notes would strongly discourage it. Yeah, I think maybe for the average audience, it would be a little bit harder to watch. Yeah. Well, because it's not, and it's not in subtitles. No subtitles. You don't know what's happening, and that's why the reveal takes so long. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it really is just like, especially, you can't, it's not, a, it's not a laugh, 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 laugh. But it's still, it actually is during it. It still is funny the whole time. Wow, that's really interesting that there's no subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Well, so then it's just a person having a one-way conversation. Where they're really confused. I feel like England has a good way of doing uh, sort of conventional shows, but doing them in interesting ways. Like in uh, uh, Peep Show, which is from uh, all the characters' own POV, uh, point of view shots. Yes. And it's still a regular sitcom, but it's from their point of views. And I remember when I first heard about it, uh, before I watched Peep Show, I was like, oh, that sounds cool, but it seems like it would be a little bit hard to watch because of uh, it always being somebody's point of view but it's actually really impressive that they can do it it's crazy i mean i love that show uh and it is crazy to you can't have a scene with one person in it unless there's a mirror in that room because you won't be able to see them because there are no eyes to be looking at them uh but yeah but you know you forget about it a lot of times and then you remember when it's super clever and And then sometimes you're just like oh wait that's really cool but it's so fluid that it, it it just seems normal at that point. Yeah. But it's really impressive. Like, sometimes they have people just walking past them, and you can see the two people talking. It's pretty cool. But I am excited to, to watch this uh, show, to watch Couplings. Oh, and also anyone who's uh, seen the American version, uh, which there was an American version. And it failed? It, yes. It was, like, kind of an epic fail because it was a big deal and promoted very heavily and I think debuted after... Well, whatever was popular in the early 2000s. 
on NBC. Perfect Strangers? <laughs> you do a TV podcast, yes? Uh, well, who, who knows? But it was on NBC, right? What's the popular shows? I guess The Office or no, something. No, no. I think The Office started in 2005. Yeah. So I'm not sure. This could have been that. I don't... I, I think I think maybe it was The Office because they're like The Office, and then maybe it was the next year. It could have been 2006, and I will never look it up. Oh yeah, I won't look it up either, and and you don't look it up if you're listening. Don't listen to, don't look it up. No one look it up. Don't look it up. We don't want you to look it up. Just just enjoy without looking it up. It's just interesting to me. No, you sit in it, but it was awful, and it got canceled. I think they made four episodes. Was anybody that you remember in it? I can't remember. I can remember like three people that were in it, and they're not popular now. We'll IMDb it while we're watching uh, the episode. Anything else I should know before we watch? Uh, no, man. Get uh, get ready for some boob talk. I'm always ready for that. <laughs> All right, ladies, get out of here. Ladies, get out. Hi. <laughs> uh, hello. <laughs> So, uh, y- your, your interpreter's not here, then? Um, I'm, I'm just saying that you don't understand what I'm saying. Um, you don't understand. Oh, no, 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 let's not get started on that whole ear thing again. <laughs> oh, I wish to God I knew what any of that meant. <laughs> I wish your interpreter, your interpreter was here. Alice. Alice, yes, yes. Ah, yeah, yeah, Alice. <laughs> you know what? There's something that I've always wanted to say, and um, now I feel that at long last I can. <laughs> breasts. Breasts, 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 breasts. <laughs> oh, God, it was good to get that out. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you just said, but can I can I just say bra? I'm a duck. Oh, my God, this makes life so much easier. <laughs> Thighs. <laughs> Tights. A quick reminder that this episode of It's That Episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible has hundreds and thousands of audiobooks online. It's really amazing. And because you're a fan of this show, you get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial if you go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan, C-R-A-I-G-R-O-W-I-N. I just looked up some books. You can get one of my favorites. I read this back in the old college days, live from New York, an uncensored history of Saturday Night Live. If you're a fan of Saturday Night Live, why not hear uh, the greats talk about it? All the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, written by Tom Shales and James Andrew, but it's all interviews. It's incredible. Also, I mentioned in this episode of the podcast, Top of the Rock, written by Warren Littlefield. And it's narrated by Bob Balaban, who plays Warren Littlefield, I believe, in the uh, uh, that Late Night Wars uh, movie about Jay Leno and uh, David Letterman. So that's interesting. Um, 
And uh, yeah, let's get back to the show. After I say one more time, go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan for free audiobook. All right, now let's get back to the show. All right, we just checked out Couplings. What a laugher. So why don't we give uh, sort of the breakdown of what happened in the episode. And I'll say this, that um, there is uh, sort of a payoff in this that could be construed as a spoiler, uh, but again, this is, uh, we're going to talk about it freely. This is a show that aired years ago, and it's a comedy. So basically, what happens? Sure, there's the, at some point, it happens in a lot of episodes, you know, if the girls are talking or the guys are talking, and they talk very openly and freely about sex, and they come up with a lot of terms, uh, you know, like Seinfeld had a lot of Terms they made popular. Yada, yada, yada. Man hands. Close yeah. talker. Yeah, master of your domain. All that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, and so that was like clearly something they were into. Um, and here, like, they're just trying to name uh, name some movie. I forget even what. Yeah, basically, they're uh, looking at this beautiful woman from across the bar, and they're talking about how she has beautiful breasts. Yeah. And they're saying that if uh, women could uh, read men's minds, all they would hear is the word uh, breasts over and over yeah and then the uh women would murder all the men and make them <laughs> slaves or something like that and then they're trying to figure out the name of the movie wobble wars yeah then they're talking about if breasts could uh think uh if they got thought each breast would uh, would attack the other one so anyway yeah so that happens a lot the guys uh talk about sex and talk about this woman and then she eventually um keeps looking at jeff long enough for for them to convince him to walk over and then he has a conversation with her in english which he just goes off the rails uh and starts talking about collecting women's ears it's like a sw- it's like a swinger's voicemail uh yeah he's saying the worst things and then the next thing he says to justify the last one makes it even worse yeah and the, so this character basically completely blows it with this woman but then it right. turns out to his advantage that she doesn't speak any English. And then basically because uh, she can understand him, he's super psyched that both she uh, didn't hear what he just said and now he can say whatever he wants to say because she doesn't understand it. So then he says the word breasts over and over, which if you're a guy, that's sort of a weird thing to say no matter what. It seems weird, and then he starts going off like uh, he starts saying just innocuous words. Or like pants or something. Thighs. Thighs. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to say the word thighs to women. Mm, thighs. Hey, you have thighs. I, I I wonder how many times, how many women you'd have to say thighs to before you got slapped. I bet it would be a lot. Yeah, I think women would just be super confused. I guess any word out of, even breasts. If you said the word corn, it would be weird if you said the same word over and over. <laughs> so he's saying all this stuff, and she's uh, he's enjoying it, and she's enjoying it. She's smiling. And then her friend comes in. Her ugly interpreter. With no breasts. It was sort of weird that it was an interpreter and it wasn't a friend, but... Well, I kind of got the idea that it was her friend, but she was also acting as her interpreter. Right, right, right. Like, is this woman going to interpret for you? Yeah, but I'd be like, hey, this is my friend, Alice, Yeah, and she's going to interpret for me. I wouldn't call her my interpreter. That's just me. (laughs) Yes, she's not very considerate. Also, they're an odd pairing. I wonder how they got hooked up. One is a gorgeous woman who always wears form-fitting dresses while reading a book at a bar. And who also, no matter who sees her, they have a conversation with their friends about how she is the most beautiful woman they've ever seen. Yes. Because it happens the same with the women. Yeah, and this is all taking place, I think we said, in a bar. In a bar. So Jeff has this conversation with uh, her and the interpreter, and then basically he asks 
for her number, uh, but then they say, the interpreter says there's not really a point because she's going to be leaving town soon, going back to Israel. And then we cut, and then we go to the three female characters uh, in the same bar, and they're looking at that woman, and they're sort of having the female version of the con- the same conversation the guys had. Now, is that a common thing on the show to see, like, the guy's version and the lady's version? Yeah, yeah. I can see, you know, like, it's <clears throat> it's been a decade since I've seen the show, but... Uh... It, yeah, yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. But I thought it was pretty cool. They have one version of uh, of the guys looking at this gorgeous woman. She is gorgeous. She's a gorgeous woman. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's also for the world's most beautiful woman. You know, I don't, you know, I, I guess who do you cast as the world's most beautiful woman? And she also, in addition to being beautiful, has to speak Hebrew. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. The woman, like, didn't show up in that uh, six-hour casting session that they had for all of the supporting characters of the season. Uh, and so the women have a similar conversation about the beautiful woman, but they have a different take on it. And they're sort of saying how she's beautiful, but she's going to age badly, and they're sort of trying to put her down. Yeah. And that's the difference between men and women. I mean, men... Women want to hate on breasts and then want to do them. You said it, bro. <laughs> you said it, bro. Where did, where did this a studio audience come from? Yeah, and they're, they're, so they're talking about uh, her aging badly, and then they're talking about something else, too. Oh, yeah, she has a price tag on her shoe. Yeah, they're like, yeah, she's a mess. She's a mess, yeah. And then they see her making eyes with somebody yeah. in the bar. And it is Jeff, and they can't believe it. And then, uh, and then somebody else makes a comment. Uh, about the price tag on a shoe. Um, just all the women in the place are hating it. Yeah, the writing's really good. I'll, I have to say that. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has the sitcom uh, vibe to it. You know, it's a group of people in a bar, and they're talking very loud, and it has sort of that sitcom-y style. I mean, it's it's very theatric. So right, it feels sitcom right. in that way. And some, Yeah, and sometimes they'll, they'll, be, they'll have choreographed moves. Yeah, it's very sitcom in the look. But the writing's really sharp and really funny. Yeah. And, and the dialogue isn't explicit, but it's more open than the stuff that you'd usually hear on, on a sitcom, for sure. So then Jeff. So then he has a, a second conversation with her. Um, Jeff and this world's most beautiful Hebrew-speaking woman. Um, and he goes further into... Just kind of like just trying to learn her name and trying to like set up plans, but there's nothing you can't. There's no information being exchanged because she can't give back anything, and he's guessing on it, and he's really just guessing on her answers. Uh, just I guess what he hopes that she's saying, or like what he wants her to say. Oh, yeah, and actually we were a little confused. This is the part where he says uh, the all the words, right, 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 and thighs and stuff like that. Right. This is the time he said that. The last time he was saying the thing about he was just being very uncomfortable. And he was talking about collecting ears. He loves her ears. If he was like a guy who collected ears, she would be the ears that he would collect. Not that he does that, but so in this one, he's saying this stuff about the breasts, and he's saying, uh, like, my name's Jeff. And then he says, her name's Alice, uh, indicating where the interpreter was the day before. And she says, oh, you have a crush on Alice. Well, she's still speaking Hebrew in this point. Oh, sure, So sure, I sort sure, of got sure, it sure, at this sure, point sure, that sure. there's a misunderstanding. Yeah, you said it out loud, yeah. There might be a miscommunication. Well, they're saying Alice a lot. Yeah, they're saying Alice a lot. And that's the only thing you can pick up on. That's the only thing you can pick up on. Now, then at the end, she says to him, she uh, goes up and shows her watch and shows, like, a certain time. And then at the end, she's like, well, 
well, and he's like, oh, great, we'll do this, we'll do that. And she, and then, and then she's like, bye. They set up a, a date to meet at 7. Okay. He sets up a date to meet at 7 the next day and tells her to bring Alice. And she says one more thing that he doesn't understand, and, and then they say bye. But, uh, but then, and also, she says this whole big long thing, and he, from that, he thinks that her name is Shadaya. So then, and here's the interesting thing uh, of the format of the episode is that that ends, and it sort of pauses and rewinds, and it says, uh, now let's see what this scene would look like if you knew Hebrew instead of English or, or something to that effect. So the footage actually physically rewinds and the scene starts over. But then and, and then uh, you hear her speaking English and you hear the Jeff character uh, speaking in sort of like a gibberish language. Yes, which we thought was Italian. And then I looked it up and there it turns out it's not any language. It definitely had words that you that sounded familiar. But yeah, yeah. I think I heard the word, the name Guillermo at some point. Guillermo del Toro was in it. And the, <laughs> yes, he's like, Pacific Rim will not make enough money to recap. Or recap but they're it. saying it's going to be in foreign countries. <laughs> well, of course, it'll be international. It's it's going to do well overall. They're going to recoup their losses, I, we assure you. They're doing very good reviews, yeah. obviously. So, But then in this version... Um, so you hear her speaking in perfectly fluent uh, English, and you see her misunderstanding that she actually thinks that Jeff is into her interpreter friend Alice instead of her, the most gorgeous world, woman in the world. So w- with her, she ends up setting up a date with uh, him and Alice for the next day. But when she comes back at the end, she says, you know, what the hell? I'm leaving for Israel tomorrow why don't we just come and follow me in five minutes and we're going to have anonymous sex, more or less. That's what she says. And it's hard to watch as a viewer because you really want... This guy, this character is kind of like the Charlie Day character. Okay. And that's why everyone's like, why is... How on earth could she be attracted to him? Because, you know, he's on TV or whatever. He's an attractive guy. But in this reality, he's, you know, the sewer rat guy. Right. Um, But also, as you were saying, like, he still has... He's like he's got to go file in the morning at his office job. Right, right. <laughs> he's, yes. he's not actually a sewer rat guy. He does not live in a sewer. He does not live in a sewer. He is not in charge of any rats, not even clean ones. But I have to say that this episode is really funny. Uh, really, I liked it a lot. But when you watch this scene, it's sort of to me. Is like um, meet the parents in where you're just cringing the whole time because of the misunderstanding or because this guy keeps sort of missing out on these big things or whatever. And it's sort of painful to watch in that way. I mean, he misses out on an opportunity to have some hot anonymous sex. Oh, yeah. Like, it's hard to watch it twice. Because you see uh, him later, Jeff, having a conversation with uh, all the friends about how he's going to have this date with her tomorrow and then you see her from behind being like, why isn't he joining me for the sex romp? And it's really sort of painful to watch. That's Well, that's good writing. Those, that's good characters. Yeah, it is good characters. And it's this show, especially because it's, it's curious what shows cross the pond. Because um, I feel it's just a, such a brilliant show and I love it so much. And it's so much like the shows that we have. Um, and uh, it's sophisticated and it's, and it's adult. It's mature. And, but then... You know, two of the most popular shows have been like IT Crowd, which is pretty much Big Bang. It's like a C- CBS sitcom, uh, and, or, and like Little Britain, which is like you know the Mad TV of England, and then you know the show. Yeah. So, um, and actually, while uh, we were watching, I looked up IMDb 
and the American coupling was even before the American office happened. And there were a lot of uh, British hits on NBC, like The Weakest Link and... Uh, Survivor. Yeah, exactly, like Survivor. But I feel like maybe that there weren't... Then uh, this could be completely false, but around this time, not a lot of current... Uh, not a lot of... Um, American shows that were based on British shows. So that show was sort of like, uh, I guess it got cut off after just a few episodes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, they showed like four episodes. Did you ever watch the American version of Coupling? Yeah, no, I was really excited about it. Because it did, we, we looked it up, it came out in 2003. Uh, and so it was. It did predate the American office. And it did debut in the same hour as Friends. So it was, you know, it did have all the opportunities. Yeah, it was definitely given a fair shake. So I watched it. I was excited. And the it's kind of like The Office in that the first episode is very similar. It's Which really threw me episode. off when I saw The First Office that it was sort of almost line for line sort of recreation yeah. of, the, of the first episode. Right. I mean, they changed some lines, but... Yeah, like the American references. Yeah, but it was basically a straight shot. It was like Gus Van Sant's Psycho. But worse, because Gus Van Sant's Psycho is the ultimate uh, version of Psycho. <laughs> That's the one you just start losing it and you kick me out? H- Hitchcock's is infer- inferior to Gus Van Sant. How dare you? How, how dare Hitchcock <laughs> do it before Gus Van Sant? I mean, Gus Van Sant should have had a time machine and been able to go back in time and make it first. <laughs> so uh, you were disappointed with the American version. Uh, yeah, it w- I mean, it was just... Uh, the the It just felt wrong. Um, I don't know if the actors... Uh, were wrong or just didn't translate. I can't remember, but every part of it was bad. Like the set was bad, the clothing was bad. You know, it was just the way they breathed. Right. Um, and it just it had zero redeeming qualities. It was so weird to hear the same lines and hate them. Yeah, that sort of thing is weird because I remember uh, when I when the Office came out as a fan of the British version. It just felt very strange to see it. Them sort of do it that way, right? But eventually, of course, the office was able to sort of come out from under the shadow of the original office, and they create their own characters and sort of expand the world and everything, which coupling obviously didn't get a chance to do. Well, you know, like every, uh, it took a long time for people who love the British office to agree that the American office was good, and I remember I was immediately into it. Uh, and that was like, you know, like the elitism of everyone being like, oh, well, you don't, you must sure, not have sure, seen yeah. me. I had the exact same, like, oh, well, you just fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great, and I can't wait till you figure it out. Uh, so did you stick with the American office until the end? Oh, yeah. Oh, at the office, I couldn't stop. I mean, it's like you watch something for long enough. They could do it for 25 seasons. It's funny because I, I feel like I haven't found a comedy in a long time. That I fully invested in. I mean, I like The Office and I like all the shows out there, community and stuff, but I never really have that same connection that uh, I used to have with comedies. I watch a lot of TV. I don't pick up any new uh, network sitcoms. Right. Really. Uh, they're, the, you know, the ones I've been watching have been on for five years. and But I do watch a lot of um, cable ones, you know, like... Oh, I don't know. I've started naming, you know, like, well, it's always sunny. These are all, these are all, it's always sunny. I, you know, watch forever. You know, the league I've watched and all the stuff. I don't know. A bunch of Comedy Central stuff. Uh, but I do, I can't stop it. 
even Weeds, which was like the most brilliant show for the first two seasons, then became the worst show. But then last summer, I just, I had nothing to do and I Netflixed it and I watched all of it. Like, they still, I just still want to know how it ends. Yeah, I, I know. I remember that because I, I was uh, into that show. I was like, oh, this is a fun show. Cool idea. And then by the time it was like season three, it was her... Uh, having sex on the hood of a car with a rival drug dealer, which sort of doesn't make any sense. And that's like season three, and it went eight seasons. But that, uh, that, uh, per, the person who created Weeds created uh, Orange is the New Black, which I've been watching, which I think is uh, pretty great so far. I've watched like four. Yeah, I'm into it. It's really good. It's great writing. I think they're already making a second. Yeah, I think they uh, picked it up for a second season. And Arrest Development is close to getting a, a fifth season. I heard that too. I guess I haven't really talked about uh, that show yet on uh, the podcast. It's a little obvious. I guess I did do one episode with uh, Jay Chandra Sekar where he... Uh, talked about an episode of Arrested Development that he directed. But I haven't talked about the uh, the new ones yet. Do you watch the new ones yet? It's crazy. It's complicated. It's not the way you've ever watched a television show. No, the main characters are never in scenes together. Yeah. There's never more than two. That's like, to me, it's like the whole season as a big thing is like one episode. Where they're all in a different country. Because they don't have that thing in in the season that they had in the original where, like, within each episode, all the characters are crisscrossing and having their own things and... Uh, it just feel, it feels different. But now they're they're saying in the fifth episode they don't only do it if they're all in the same uh, in all the same that they're all together in the same episodes. Well, good fucking luck. I'll believe it when I see it. Who? How dare they say something like that? Like you know, well, what we tra- you know how this was the most difficult project in the history of television to pull off. Well, we're gonna do it way harder. But I think the fact that the show uh, exists right now, the new episodes of Arrested Development exist, sort of talks about the state of uh, of TV right now in a, in a cool way. Well, you can watch Coupling on Netflix. If you want to talk about Coupling, you you can go to a different podcast. <laughs> Get out of here! But it is pretty amazing that in the way we watch TV now, a show like Rest of Development can come back. But with a show like Coupling, they uh, in America they're like, "Oh, we got a huge hit," but it's sort of, uh, but it's sort of just devolved uh, or it just didn't work out. But with the show like Rest of Development, where they gave it a fair shake of. Like three seasons Fox did, and then it sort of it just had to disappear. They gave it three fucking seasons, man. That's a long time. That's a long time. I mean, the fact that it even came back at all is just pretty amazing. And well, it's and it's enough. Like everyone's career, like there were enough huge careers out of that show to justify everyone coming back. Where if it's like if it was like one guy turned into a huge movie star, it would be weird. Or if no one did, then they wouldn't be able to bring it back. Oh, absolutely. But it's like with um, – I heard that they're going to be making a, a new – a second Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. And that's like – I mean everybody in that – who is in that is now just huge. But it's that cool thing because I remember when I saw that for the first time in high school in the theater, um, like it just felt – like uh, such a small thing, but such like you know, I just loved it so much, and because it, it was so different than anything else, but it felt like a very cult thing. And now the fact that like however many years later, ten or twelve years later, that they might be doing a sequel is just it's it's really pretty crazy. Well, even then, like that movie, you know, it had David Hyde Pierce who was on like the hottest television show. It had Janine Garofalo as a big star. Molly Shannon was on SNL. You know, Paul Rudd had. Been a lead actor, but even so, a lot of the main characters were sort of 
nobody compared to the, those people. It was Elizabeth Banks, like, first movie. Amy Poehler, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Amy Poehler, very, yeah, very early. So what we're saying is just do what you love. Just keep at it. Just keep doing it's it. It's a volume business. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Yeah. You also miss 100% of the shots you take. To, uh, you know, I guess if you work the math out. But... But... <laughs> but but a little of it works. Back to this show, coupling. Are you gonna watch it? Truth, truth talk. I mean, I'd like to. It, I don't think it'll be on my top list of shows that I have to watch. Yeah. But I, I do. I did like it. It's just that sort of that sitcom format just feels, uh, you know, just a little bit weird. Well, also every British show feels ten years older than it is. Exactly. But this has a high pro- production value comparatively. It just feels that little bit of datedness uh, that I think sitcoms sort of. Ha- have. But I think British shows work differently because you don't have to battle the outdated references. Because I don't get the references anyway. And they can talk about celebrities, and it's good that I don't know who they are because they're probably irrelevant now anyway. Right. You know, it's just whoever was on the cover of OK Magazine in 2000. And we only had to Google one word that they used that we didn't know. Which, a, a word, uh, a whole concept that did not, that, that has no... I don't think there's a word here for there's that. There's no word here. Yeah, so in the words, when the, when uh, Jeff was saying, like, boobs, bra, thighs, he was saying the word gusset. Gusset. And it means a triangular piece of fabric that is sewn into a seam to add breadth to that area, which is commonly found in... Uh, panties. The, the pant, yes, panties, where the vagina would be. Which is like... What? I know. It's just so... And Well, it's like a, it's a fetish, you know, to smell the gusset. Ah. I, 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 I Googled it. Yeah, you Googled it. Uh, tell me more. <laughs> but if anyone uh, would like to learn more, you can uh, follow my gusset podcast on iTunes. Craig is a guest next week. And you can find Nick at, at Nick Gusset on Twitter. Uh, well, at, at Nick Gusset 1999 when I made the account. Before Twitter existed. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you did it. <laughs> I was friends with those guys in college. It's sort of like with Hitchcock and Gus Van Sant had Gus Van Sant gone back in time. I was friends with them when I was in college, not when they were in college. You were 12 years old. Or I'm guessing they're younger than me. Now, when you were watching this in college, were other people watching this? Or did you have somebody that you could talk to about this show? Um, Sure. I, uh, I was actually here. Um... I, I quit college uh, and <laughs> moved here, um, but uh, I definitely have sp- tried to get tur- turn a lot of people onto this yeah. show. Um, it's not. It's weird because it's not. It's not unpopular. People know what it is, yeah. especially because they made one here. Um, but yeah, most people haven't seen it. I'd say most more people have seen Peep Show than Coupling. Um, but I guess it was just, it, it wasn't on TV when the internet made it possible to watch stuff. So it's just old. It's always been old, even though it debuted six years after Friends. It debuted a year after Seinfeld ended. Wow. That's actually really crazy. Yeah. But I, 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 I'll, I'll check out other episodes. At least watch the pilot, see what, what the characters are doing. Now, I also read that the guy who created Stephen Moffat, who again, also created Sherlock and he co-wrote Tintin the movie, uh, that he actually named uh, one of the characters, uh, after himself, and then the other, the other love interest character was based off of uh, this woman, Susan, who is a producer that uh, they were dating. Another interesting part about this is when a show is so much about sex and dating, the, it's an ensemble show, but really the leads are Steve and Carol. Uh, wait, not Carol. Susan. Steve and Susan. Um, but they're in a relationship, like, the whole season... And then it's, and it goes a few seasons. But that the show is designed around that the, the lead 
uh, actors are a couple. So it's funny because it's, you, you know, like generally they'll be wanting to date a lot and get into a lot of different things, but there's a ton of characters for that. But like, um, well, I guess it was. Well, Friends, I don't know, Friends is more of an ensemble, but Ross and Rachel got together right away. But, like, in Friends, it's funny that, like, uh, Ross and Rachel were together for, like, four or five seasons or something. And then recently, I saw some really later episodes uh, uh, from a later season. And then, like, Chandler and Rachel get together. Chandler and Rachel get together at the end. That's what happens when you go ten seasons. Eventually, weird fucking shit happens. And then Courtney Cox is like... Was with uh, Matt Perry. Monica and Chandler are married, that's right. And Rachel and Joey were together. I remember seeing that and just being like, what? No one ever fucked Phoebe. No, wasn't she with uh, Paul Rudd later? No, I'm saying out of the, the oh, guy. Right, that's right. And it's so weird. And, and it's funny because I read this uh, quote in this book, which I highly recommend to anybody who loves uh, TV... Uh, it's a lot of interviews with writers. Um, call, the book's called Here, "And Here's the Kicker," and um, Stephen Merchant uh, says something in it. And he, Stephen Merchant co-created The Office and extras with Ricky Gervais. And in it, he says that he likes the American version of TV better, where they can just keep on going on for seasons and seasons and tons of episodes for uh, in a season, rather than the British version, where there are six episodes in a season and they're only like three or four seasons. But I, I mean, I can't really imagine that that's true. I don't know. I feel like that's the in the British versions of the show, they're so encapsulated in like a perfect three season six episode thing where in america they can keep going and then like with chandler and and monica like the show sort of gets goes off the rails it is weird for the person who the model that model has worked the best for because because they took it off the air they were able to sustain it yes to to sustain the quality because you can always look to the perfect british version when you're trying to uh Started in a different country, and now it's got like fifteen different versions. Yeah, and that show has made seventeen billion dollars. It's like John Lennon, okay, and Paul McCartney. Hit me. Because uh, have you heard this yet? That John, John Lennon was murdered. I'm familiar, but Jared Leto by a movie no one saw. Right. What was the name of it? Who knows? Chapman. I don't know. Yeah, about Mark David Chapman yeah. looked amazingly bad. But when uh, when uh, John Lennon was shot, of course, which was so so tragic and sad. But he's sort of uh, forever remembered, you know, by the Beatles, by his solo stuff, and sort of that the peak era without sort of the downfall of lameness, like somebody like Paul McCartney. uh, I feel has, you know, like when Paul McCartney was on. um, I have to reference this, but the uh, Super Bowl after nine eleven, and he sang during the Super Bowl, but he also like. During the halftime show, sang parts of "Love, Love Me Do" with Terry Bradshaw or whoever was uh, was hosting, and it's like, come on, really? Yeah, it's like at some point, could you have just stopped doing everything at a certain point? But it's just basically, it's like the difference between American shows and British shows. It just is very striking uh, of how you know far uh, American sitcom can go. But like with with Seinfeld, for instance, he sort of decided to end it. After a certain point, even though some of those later episodes are just crazy. Crazy. And uh, it's weird. The Office, obviously, it didn't do that. It didn't break Jim and Pam up. But it certainly got close. And at the end, when they started doing that flirting with the sound guy, 
And it's just like, what are you about to do to us? Yeah, but I mean, at some point, it's like, what else are they going to do? They have so there's so many episodes. I mean, how, how many what how many options do they have? They've got to do something to mix things up at a certain point. You know what I mean? There's just so much time. There's so much time. It, it becomes a soap opera, and it happens to so many. You know, we mentioned Weeds, like Oz. The first season is just a, a perfect miniseries, a perfect television. Right. And then as it goes on, uh, it's great. But then it, it just becomes a soap opera, and it's just it's a new guy who comes in, and the same storyline happens to him, and he leaves, and another guy comes in, and it's the same storyline. Well, well, that's like sort of uh, like Sopranos in a way, which is still an amazing show, but some of the later seasons, it just sort of felt like it got away from the main thing at, at certain points. I feel like any show, and it sort of speaks to just how hard it is, I guess, to write a, a series, a TV series. Uh, no matter what, you're gonna. It's gonna have to go crazy. I I can't imagine. Have you Have you written a TV show? I mean, yeah, I've written pilots and, yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, but it's hard to imagine that when you're writing that pilot episode of a TV show that potentially, if you get the luck of this be existing, oh. that you could be like ten seasons in and these same characters still have to exist somehow, which is su- such a crazy thing. Insane, and especially with the format of a comedy, I feel like with a drama, it's sort of different. You can sort of see. See characters uh, sort of uh, grow and and go through these character arcs. Like, did you ever see uh, Six Feet Under? Oh, did I see it? That's my favorite TV show. Yeah, it's just one of my favorite shows because the characters are just incredible. And it's sort of – you see them over the course of uh, a lot of years. And there are big things that happen within the show, like some, cr- uh, some craziness or whatever. But they do an amazing job having these characters build and – you getting attached to them over a course of however many seasons. I, that show, I, that I'm like such a nerd about that show because I I loved it so much. I decided I wasn't going to watch it again. I was I I'm like waiting until I forget it because it's been like ten years now. I want to watch it like in ten more years and just like have forgotten everything about it. Well, coming back to uh, coupling. Um, when I was reading uh, the NBC book, Top of the Rock, they were talking a lot about after sort of the uh, Seinfeld, Friends um, success that it was hard to figure out sort of where the network was going or, or recreate that magic. They're a victim of their own success. Yeah, but they were talking about the Friends celebrity sort of uh, when it first started, just how huge it was. I saw there's... <laughs> On 14th Street between 5th and 6th, there's a pot belly. Oh, yeah. Sandwich place. And I was in the Sprint store next door yesterday. I uh, fell in a lake. Uh, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. <laughs> I fell in a lake. In the Adirondacks on Friday. I was in a canoe. I w- it went upside down. You had your cell phone. You got it. Look, you know what? I had a, I had a Ziploc bag in the boat. I just got oh I just gotten in the boat. Wait, you had a Ziploc? I hadn't put my phone in it yet. So you brought a Ziploc bag for the purpose of putting your phone in it. Yeah, and then um, my girlfriend, who it's her family's lake house, <laughs> and she's been there every year of her life. She spent months there, like every year when she was a kid, and she didn't know what kind of oar you use in a canoe. She brought a kayak one. And so she kept coming back. She she came. She brought like rowboat oars, uh-huh. which have screws in them. Right. 
And I was like, oh, this isn't the right one. You go back. And then she came back and she brought a kayak oar and a canoe oar. And she's like, which one? I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And I was like, it's the canoe one. And then, but before she came back with the right one, I had already fallen in. <laughs> Wait, so this was before he even started? He even started. I was just sitting in the water. And because when you launch a canoe, you do it like on the land kind of. You get in and then you just kind of push off. You know, it's like, you know, just like a slope. And he's into the water, whatever. I don't know what the what it's called. But we were off a dock. So we just had the canoe in the water. And so it's like really hard to get into. But I was in it. And then I was just waiting there. And it's just really rocky. And it's just knocking against a rock and the dock. And then eventually oh. it just knocked me over. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in the Sprint store. So I'm in the Sprint store. And I went, I can't believe this is how this is going to end. Because it is not worth it. But I'm in the bathroom peeing in the pop and there's one piece of art in the bathroom, and it's uh, a picture of the six friends from, it was probably a promotional still before the show even started. You know, they're as young as could possibly be. And I had the thought to be like, man, just think about what it, what it must have been like. You know, like these icons, like they don't even know yet. They don't even know what happened. But I really, it just, it does, it's a big deal. I'm sort of interested in why they had that at the potbelly. Yeah, that was a weird, and I think it's funny, it's kitschy, of course. And then when coupling probably happened, those American actors were probably like, this is it. This is the new friend. This is it. Yeah. You're like, just remember, like, we're going to have to, we can't go out together anymore. It's like, we're going to be like, enjoy the other, enjoy this tea with me. Yeah, enjoy it last, man. Because drinking tea because it's a British show. Right. Uh, <laughs> but instead, it did not do anything. But instead, nothing. One of the guys was Ted in Better Off Ted. Oh, okay. Jay Hollingsworth was Ted. No, that's big Jay Hollingsworth. Wait, I don't know. You're thinking about Jay-Z, the rapper? I'm thinking about that woman who met Jay-Z on the subway. Have you seen right. that clip? When he, before he went to the Barclays Center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was at the lake house, and she pushed over my canoe. And... Right, right. So, welcome back. Well, I thank you so much for coming over and introducing me to Coupling. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we had a, a good TV conversation. We should probably call Netflix and ready them for the extra bandwidth they're going to be needing for all the people watching Coupling. Yes, they're gonna. it's going to be a boost. This uh, podcast uh, makes or breaks shows. And the American one, people are now going to be watching the American one, too. Yes. Okay, so uh, where can people find you online? Besides for uh, at Nick Gusset 1999 where can people find you online? Um, I'm at Nick's Turner's. On Twitter and, uh, you know, Google me. You know, there's a ton of info on there. Uh, best week ever starts back first week in September. And, uh, and you know, I just, I really love your audience. All right. And I love them as well. So thank you so much for coming and uh, watching Coupling with me. It was great. I'd like to thank my guests again, Nick Turner, a great guest. And I have a slight admission to make. And by slight, I mean big. Uh, when I recorded that episode with Nick, I accidentally did not record my own voice. I've recorded, this is like the 78th episode of, of uh, this podcast, and it took me that long to make a huge, huge technical error, and I spent hours and hours re-recording myself, uh, editing myself into his thing, because I was so embarrassed and didn't want to tell Nick and uh, invite him back, because I felt so bad. Um, so what I'm saying is I put a lot of time into this because I love the fans and I love doing the show for you. So if you're a fan, pass it on. Mention it to a friend when you're talking about TV, and I very much appreciate you uh, doing that and appreciate you in general. Uh, so thanks for listening. Check me out at Twitter at Craig Rowan. 
on Facebook backslash it's that episode and just uh, have a good night because uh, you're a good person. So have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos. Mm-hmm.